Hello, everyone. Welcome to Vibrant Life Allies. I'm your host, Lisa, the Life Coach. And I introduce you each week to amazing coaches, experts, other professionals who can help you live life more vibrantly. And today, of course, is no exception. I had the amazing Melissa Linky on. She is a health coach and she helps people learn progressive health habit changes that will create lasting results. So if you've tried fad diets, yo-yo dieting is something that you've experienced, you know, or just if you want to get healthy, but you don't want to follow some fad or some, you know, get results quick kind of situation that you know is not going to work and it's not going to be sustainable for you. She is just fantastic at explaining how she helps people just learn simple, healthy habits that they can implement and how it can completely change your life. And, you know, you can actually stick with those things. You can actually be healthy, as she says, you know, 365 all the time. And it's sustainable and you can enjoy your life. You know, there's no restriction and there's no shame, judgment, beating yourself up, all those kinds of things. So it's definitely a fantastic episode. Her story of going, you know, from obesity to fitness model to gaining the weight back and then how she you know, has now created an amazing, healthy lifestyle that works for her and she does that for others. It was just really fascinating and lots of value. And I know that this is something that a lot of us struggle with. And so I know that you'll get a lot out of this episode. And if, you know, if it resonates with you, please reach out to Melissa and, you know, join her group on Facebook and just, you know, connect with her and maybe even do the program and change your life and your health for the better. So enjoy this episode. And as always, get out there and just live life vibrantly. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Vibrant Life Allies. I have a amazing guest for you today, and I will let her introduce herself. Hi, team. My name is Melissa Linky, and I'm the founder of 365 Lean. And I basically spend my life helping people ditch the all or nothing mindsets that tend to come with health and get them on track to build sustainable habits so they can last and be lean and 365 lean for life. I love that. Um, the yeah. all the all or nothing because that I work with perfectionists. So I know a lot about all or nothing thinking and how it can keep you from doing something at all. Yes. I'm a reformed perfectionist myself. So all of the stuff that I teach other people, I've had to go through myself to be able to kind of articulate it and get into the minds of people who do approach that mindset. I've been there. <laughs> that, that's always a good quality in a coach, someone who's been there. So then what is kind of your story? Like how, how did you end up where you are today? Yeah, that is a good question. Not many people believe me when I tell them this, which is kind of flattering in a way, but I used to be quite obese and I had quite a poor relationship with food. A lot of that stemmed from some emotional issues in my childhood. But from there, I became a fitness model and I had all these rock hard abs. I was up on stage twirling around in my little bikinis and heels. And you think that'd be enough, right? You're like, I'm enough for the world. I've got this covered. I've done a great job. 
Well, I did a great job and I was dedicated, but I also hurt myself in the process. And what I didn't do is I didn't really deal with the emotional issues that were underlying that transformation, which was all about lacking self-love and lacking self-esteem was essentially I was looking for validation in that process and love. Wrong place to look for it. (laughs) But following on from that, because I didn't fix the or address, fix isn't the right word, but I didn't address the underlying issues. So I ended up screwing the pooch and really putting on 18 kilos after that which was pretty debilitating. So already I was in a place of not really loving myself very much and not caring for myself and then not even recognising myself or feeling like myself. But that was the real turning point for me and that was where I kind of stopped with the restrictions and the cycles and the shame and the guilt and where I finally learned how to adopt habits in my life that led to all-round health, 365 days a year and complete moderation. And that is how I got to being helping people do the same thing. So I've done it in the past. I've put people on diet plans, not knowing any better. They've been great diet plans. They've been macros. They've been based on what they like. Don't get me wrong, like there is a place for that. But this method has been much more successful in making health easy for people and easy to start and easy to kind of stick with and less guilt, less shame, less restriction, et cetera. And that, in a nutshell, is really where I got to being where I am in a lucky, lucky position to help all the people. Yeah, I mean, that that's an amazing story. And I think it's so important for people to hear and understand when you were, you know, obese or when you were a fitness model, the the happiness, the the self-love, it was the same. That's not that's not going to make you a size or a look is not going to make you happy. Absolutely not. Happiness isn't, it's, we all know it's an internal job, it's an intrinsic thing. So essentially working on yourself and being happy with yourself at any size is really important and then operating from that basis from a place of love. So if you're going to change your health and you're going to start to change your nutrition, you've got to look at your intention about where you're doing that from. Are you doing it from a place of self-hate and berating yourself into your workouts and berating yourself into restrictive diets? Or are you doing it from a loving place where you know that you want to feel better, you know that you want to live a long life, you know that you want to feel good in your skin? It's really important that people address the intention as to where their actions are coming from. Right. Absolutely. So, then, you know, you help people get healthy. Who is your audience? Who are the people that you work with? Yeah. Anyone who has lost weight in the past, regained it and been a bit, a little bit on the hamster wheel. Alternatively, people that have kind of not really started their health and they really just don't know where to start because there's really no education around on this subject or there's actually, no, that's a lie. There's a lot. There's not much good and consistent information around on just getting healthy for life without any kind of fad involved. Absolutely. I think that's what, you know, when all you're hearing is fad diets and restriction, then that's not very appealing. (laughs) And then it leads to those up and down periods of, you know, restricting and and not really being happy with it and going back and that whole cycle. Yeah. A lot of the program that I developed was based around that frustration. So I would have people come into my office and they would sit there and I'd say, oh my gosh, Melissa, 
I need to lose 10 kilos. I'm like, okay, well, tell me more about that. And they're like, well, I did this challenge and it really worked and I lost five kilos. Oh, and then I put on another five after that and the other five. So the challenges that they've done, it's really warped thinking. Like they're thinking that they've worked and they've lost a whole bunch of weight and they've changed their health. But in reality, it's actually sent them further back the other way and the challenge didn't work. Otherwise, they'd still be in a, in a good state of health now. And that was really frustrating for me to hear because they were putting these celebrity endorsed kind of lose five kilos in 12 weeks things up on a pedestal thinking that they work and that that's what they have to do to achieve long-lasting health. And it kind of just it actually makes me quite sad to think about and frustrated at the same time. Sad for them and compassionate towards them but frustrated at what the industry is portraying health is. That's where it all kind of stemmed from. Yeah, and there's a lot of messaging out there about these quick, fast fads that, you know, if it's not sustainable, like you said, it, it's not about 365, then you're not, you're only going to have a temporary change there, if any. Yeah, that's right. Absolutely correct. So then you kind of talked a little bit about it in the beginning, but what is it that you do for your clients? Yeah, so I'm a pretty multifaceted coach. So I also train people one-on-one and online, but where a lot of my focus is going at the moment is an online program I created during COVID, which was a pretty good year in my world. And 365 Lean is a 15-module program that kind of is like an onion. So it educates people and helps them apply one new habit each week in tangible ways. So I take big concepts like adding protein to your diet and I break it down and I make it really easy for people to achieve that. So to put it in a nutshell, it's kind of like bridging the gap between knowledge and application because people are really smart. People know intrinsically and intuitively what they need for their health and what they need to do to feel better. People know. It's just they don't know how to add it into their life in a meaningful way that's going to stick. So, I, yeah, I help them with that process. I break it down. I give them the how to make that one habit stick. And that's essentially what the program is all about. And it covers off lifestyle factors. So it's not just about add more protein, drink more water. It's daily movement. It's fiber. It's toxin management. It's mindful eating. It's alcohol consumption and your behavior around alcohol and plus all the macronutrients that you go through so protein fat carbs etc and it's just a really nice gentle way of hacking people's minds into doing the right thing and getting into health and on the topic of mind there's also a bunch of mindset coaching in there so you know, if your mind's not right, you're not really going to achieve the change that you're looking for. So it kind of all stems from mindset. Absolutely. That was really long-winded. Sorry. No, <laughs> Again, no, I'm going it was to <laughs> No, it was a really good explanation of, you know, how, how that program works to give people actionable, you know, things that they can do and, you know, how to make them stick as habits because mm-hmm. we might know things, but actually creating the habit is like you said there's a gap there that many times we don't know how to bridge yeah everyone is so intelligent people know there's so much so much info it's just a matter of we're at how to actually do this because i don't know if you've seen this in the past but 
action is probably the place where people struggle most. They get stuck in like perfection paralysis or they get overwhelmed because it all seems too big and then they just get paralysed and they don't know what action to take or they take a massive, huge action and they just can't sustain it. So can you give us then like some tips of of how you help people make habit change? Because that is very important and also very difficult. Yeah. The easiest thing that I can possibly tell people is start with a teeny tiny step. And that means, so give me something. Uh, do you have any habits that you would like to change in your health? Let's, let's use you as an example. <laughs> in my health. Mm. Yeah, anything that you know that you really want to improve or get a handle on. Yeah, okay. So I have a habit of wanting to have a snack, a sweet snack at night before bed when I work out at 5 a.m. So I haven't done any movement in hours, anything at all. And I just want to have like a big bowl of ice cream before bed. Right. So it's not so much necessarily (laughs) delicious, by the way. (laughs) So for that one, it's really not much, so much so about the sweet snacks. And that's okay to have. You're allowed to have dessert, no restriction, because the more you're restricted, the more you're going to want the big bowl of ice cream. But what you could look at doing as a small goal is to just start swapping it with something that's maybe got a little bit of fiber in it, a little bit of protein in it, and a little less sugary. So you might do banana and ice cream instead. I don't have, do you have that over there in the States? Nice cream. Have you heard of it? I don't think so. No. Oh man, it's so cool. So you get a bunch of frozen bananas, you throw them in a blender and you can add like cinnamon or stevia, whatever you like, and you whiz it up. And then that makes an ice cream kind of type fluffy texture. And you can just throw that in a bowl, top it with what you want and eat it. So in the case of your little wanting to eat the big bowls of ice cream and the sugary snacks, I would continue to keep that behavior in terms of you can still have your dessert but maybe just change what you're actually going to have for your dessert that's what I would do in that case and that would be a really teeny tiny small step so you're not cutting it out you're not restricting you're not sending yourself into that kind of state of mind but you're still getting what you want you know dealing with your little craving and in a positive kind of way see and that makes sense and it's like why would you not just know that and do that and it's because of that that thinking. My thinking is like, no, just just don't. Yeah. You want a big bowl of ice cream? Just don't. Just don't have anything. Yeah. Do you find with that the craving gets more intense when the more you refute it? Yes. <laughs> Usually if I want something sweet and I say no, then I start eating other things, but like not, not sweet things because I'm trying to avoid that. And before I know it, I'm like, you must, you should have just eaten that. You should have just eaten what you were going to eat because you've eaten everything else. Exactly. Exactly. So the other option to that is you could actually just eat the ice cream, but have a smaller portion and eat it mindfully. Do you have any mindful eating practices that you follow? I don't have any that I use. I do have a mindfulness app that I use and I, I bet there's some on there, but what, like, what would you use? Yeah, so for mindful eating, it's all about kind of having an intimate date with your ice cream there. (laughs) So it's just you and your ice cream, no other distractions. And then, you know, you get your your taste going. So you're looking at it, you're smelling it, 
your first bite, you're tasting it. So you're going to let the ice cream melt in your mouth. You're going to let it slide down your throat and you're going to savour the flavour until you go back for your next bite. So that involves putting the spoon down, which I don't know if you've ever tried to put your cutlery down during a meal, but a lot of people really struggle. We just want to, I don't know if it's an anxious thing or a no, life's flying by kind of thing, but we're always just shoveling, keeping the shovel in the hand and going for more. Guilty of doing it when I'm distracted too. It's so interesting to watch actually. Next time you go out for dinner, watch it. <laughs> I've, I've never thought about that, but like thinking about when you said put your spoon down, I was like, put my spoon down. <laughs> <laughs> like but how am I going to get my ice cream to my mouth? <laughs> <laughs> but the ice cream, I have to get it. Yeah. I love that. I'm gonna I'm gonna have to do that now just to to sit with that and see how how it feels. Report back. It's just the weirdest thing when you start actually bringing awareness to it and putting your utensils down. So weird. Let me know how you go with that. <laughs> I will follow up for everyone. The ice cream experiment, which will probably take place right after this interview. Now that went through the the process of of enjoying that. <laughs> like, yep, I need some ice cream. Yes, you do, girl. Get it into you. <laughs> so then what are some what are some habits that that your clients have that that you've helped them change? Yeah, one of my favorite habits that most people like it blows their mind with is high volume eating. And that once again is a lot about the swapping of the things that you eat. So they're like, oh wait. I still can eat like a proper meal and not feel hungry and feel satiated without having to starve myself. So it's about teaching them how to swap from calorie dense foods. So for example, like, uh, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with a cookie. There's not, if you want a cookie, eat the cookie, mindfully eat the cookie, but also, you know, sometimes we need to, you know, practice some flexible restraint and we need to make some swaps if we're trying to reduce our calories in a way that doesn't involve macro counting or doesn't involve calorie counting. And this is a really fun way to do that because it feels less restrictive and more abundant. But we use cookies as an example. They might have a cookie, but in replacement of that, they may start to have like some rice cakes with some chocolate coating on the top or rice cakes with maybe some fruit on top or just swapping these items out for more higher volume, lower calorie foods. And what happens then is they start to see changes in their body, in their energy, and they're like, wait, I still feel really full and I still feel really satiated, but I'm managing to stick to a calorie deficit and that's working for me. So that's probably one of the mind-blowing habits that a lot of people report back. I get a lot of like emoji sent back to me with like, you know, the little emoji with the head that's blown off. I get a lot of those sent back. in relation to the high volume module but there's not really a habit that I don't help people with and I really break it down into such a successful environment that people cannot fail at what I give them so there's 15 different habits that they'll get access to and will start to change ranging yeah as I said from lifestyle to nutrition to mindset the whole thing but I think the high volume eating one is probably their favorite because they finally, it clicks and they realize, wow, I do not have to starve myself and I do not have to eat chicken and broccoli all damn day to get a result, which is really cool. <laughs> yes, the chicken and broccoli. And I feel like you've been there based by the look on your face. <laughs> I have been there. Oh, sad. <laughs> Haven't we all? <laughs> but I mean, I 
that's a, a huge benefit of learning the, the high volume foods that you can eat, because I know a lot of people, you know, when they're struggling with dieting, they'll say like, I, I don't eat a lot and I'm, yeah. I don't eat a lot and I'm not losing weight. And, you know, it's, you don't think about it, but you have just those few small things that you're eating that are very calorie dense and you're not full. And and you're like, why why am I not getting anywhere? So, you know, being able to even just start adding something satiating to what you're eating, I think would be a huge relief mentally. Yeah, you picked up on a good point there. And adding is the key word. So adding then replaces restricting. So never, ever, ever do I tell anyone to restrict anything. It's more like a, what can we add in this situation? What can we add more of? Do you need more protein so that you feel satiated? Do you need more fiber so that your digestion slows and, you know, that food lasts a little bit longer? What do we need to add to make it a more successful environment for you? That's, yeah, adding is such a cool way to change your mindset around health. Yeah, and like I think that probably helps a lot with the the mindset because restricting always causes you to want to like rebel and and fight against it and and feel depressed. (laughs) it's a sad place to be a sad dark and lonely place that restriction life oh man wouldn't go back there if I if I had to Mm -mm. exactly and Mm -hmm. so you you help them with these habits getting these habits Mm -hmm. to stick and then we've talked a little bit about some mindset things what are some other maybe areas where you see the mindset shifts happening yeah mindset shifts there's there's quite a lot Let me think about the biggest mindset shift piece for people. I would have to say the biggest mindset kind of little obstacle that needs to shift for people is all or nothing. So I've got quite a few series that I do a series called Mind Coach and that goes out with my 365 link program. So every week they get a little episode of Mind Coach and that challenges their way of thinking about a particular, you know, food or life related things. That could be limiting beliefs. It could be congruency. It could be, you know, relapsing from a binge. How do you deal with it? Part one, two and three. Like I've got a lot of stuff in there. But one of the biggest things that people report back on is the all or nothing and progress, not perfect type of situation. So everything I do is based around being 1% better every day, right? And that accumulates and that compounds and teaching them that it's okay to be moderate. It's okay not to be perfect. And it's okay to kind of not apply all and be more consistent with that approach. And you're going to get a better result overall than if you were to try throwing yourself all in for 15 weeks. And then what are you going to do for the other 30, 40 weeks of the year? You know, you're just going to relapse back to old habits. So the all or nothing mindset is the biggest piece that I find people really resonate with because a lot of people in their life, in their love life, in their personal lives, in their work life, in they tend to adopt an all or nothing attitude. Like if I can't do it all, well, then fine, I'm going to do nothing. Yeah, mm. and I think I could see that being a barrier to overcome to even, you know, engaging with the program because they're going to be like, but it's so gradual and easy. And, you know, it, it, I'm making these life habit changes. It's not yeah. 12 weeks, lose X amount, right? You know, yeah. and that's what we want to suffer in, in for 12 weeks and, and see these results, but they're not sustainable. Is, you know, you yeah. have to 
How many times have you done that? It's not working. Yes, you hit the nail on the head and it is exactly what happens. Like It's really challenging to try and make progressive behaviour change and behavioural change in general sexy for people because it's not, (laughs) it's really tough. I'm doing the best I can. It's really challenging to make progressive and easy and gradual, which should be fun, great, non-offensive things, sexy for people, but I don't want to focus just on the result of, hey, you're going to lose five kilos if you do my program because it's not just about weight loss. So you might get in the door because it's weight loss and you want to change that and that's your intrinsic driving factor, but you'll change your entire life doing this program. It is complete lifestyle overhaul, complete mindset overhaul. But yeah, if you find any ways to make it sexy, like readers, listeners, yourself, like, let me know what resonates. (laughs) I gotta know. (laughs) Right. That is a challenge sometimes is in the world that we we live in and the way we're always everyone wants it fast, quick now. It it's hard to to look forward and and realize like how many times have I done this though in fast and quick? It might get it done, but then it doesn't it doesn't stick. It's not lasting. Yeah. So the people that I do have in the program often are those really fed up people. They're like, all right okay, I've done it the other way. Now I'm ready to try it this way. And I love that. And I like to see that in the industry, there's kind of a little bit more of this kind of creeping in, a little less diet, a little more sustainable. But there's really very little, at least in Australia, not that I've seen. So I'm trying to really make myself the voice of that and really drive it forward as best I can and learn along the way. Well, that's an amazing mission. And I'm glad that you're on it. So I know though that people who are listening are interested in how they can make, you know, health habits stick Mm -hmm. and how they can make this change and and be healthy in a sustainable lasting way. How do they Mm -hmm. connect with you? Yeah, you can connect with me many different ways as it's so much fun being omnipresent across the world. (laughs) Apart from knocking on my front door, well, they can find me on Instagram at melissalinky underscore, Facebook, melissalinky as well. But what I also have that I encourage people to join is a free members group on Facebook and that's called 365 Lean by Melissa Linky and there's a little free group Uh, symbol next to it and that's where I throw a lot of hints and tips and habits that kind of it's kind of like my little inner circle of habit builders people that really want to see progressive change Uh, and if they do want to purchase the program that can be done through my website uh, which is a12wc revolution no.com.au that was an interesting story so initially this business I've been training people for years and years, but this business with the habits has only been going since COVID. It was my passion project and made me feel alive there. But um, initially it was called the Anti-12-Week Challenge Revolution because I was just so pissed off. I was like, come on, I want to be Anti-12-Week Challenges. I don't want to do this. Mm-hmm. But the name didn't stick, but that's still the website name, things to update. <laughs> but I do, I want to create like a little revolution of people that are like Anti-12-Week Challenges. Oh. Gosh. <laughs> right. I'm all for it. Like, aren't you tired of doing another challenge? Yeah, you'd think so. But no, most people just want another one. <laughs> we, we like to learn the hard way. We just we make, make sure we give it the good college try before we try something else. Yes. Yep. <laughs> but we'll, 
we will put all that in the show notes as well so people can connect with you. I think it's it's amazing what you're offering here and you know these helping people make these changes in a way that sticks is it's it's just, it's part of what we're here for like helping people live happier, healthier lives. So I really appreciate that. Do you have any like last words for someone out there listening who you know, maybe has struggled with yo-yo dieting or is interested in, in changing their health habit. Yeah. An easy tip for you is just start small. Just take one small factor that can influence your life and just start with that. Track it every day, do it for a week, and that's going to build up a whole bunch of confidence in you over that week when you achieve your habit. And then you can add just a teeny tiny one on the next week. And it doesn't have to be huge. It could be drinking an extra glass of water a day. But what that's going to do is just positively reinforce to your mind that, hey, you know what? Maybe I can get around this health thing. One glass of water at a time, one step at a time, and just start really teeny tiny. That's my my golden piece of advice for anyone looking to make any change in life in general. Absolutely. It's it's a good... A good start is is a small start, and that's what, you know, it's all the little things that add up over time. Yeah, small and easy. Make it easy for yourself to succeed. I think that that's one of the, the key things to habits is, mm. you know, always just making it so easy and simple that that's your new thing that you do because it's easy. Yeah. What's been one of your health habits, Lisa, that has really stuck with you for years and years? Anything come to mind? I don't know. I went years and years. Goodness. Um, <laughs> I am Anything. old enough. I am I'm definitely old enough that that applies, but it, it's hard to think of it that way. I, I, I looked it up the other day. I don't remember how long I've been with my coach that helps me with my workouts, but mm-hmm. you know, he also will give me macros from time to time and, mm-hmm. you know, learning about macros, but then learning how to shift out of that. So I have the knowledge. I know, you know, what they are and, and what servings look like, but now mm. living just a life where I don't measure my food. I don't have to track every day or I don't even, I can go weeks and weeks without tracking anything. I think yeah. that, you know, it's part of kind of like what you teach is, you know, learning how to make your diet fit your life. And, and that's what, that's what I I've loved about understanding maybe not tracking them but understanding macros is like hey i know i can have a pop tart right now and i'm just gonna do something different at dinner (laughs) not have another pop tart (laughs) right i'm not not restricting i I, i'm seeing how things can all fit and i can have it i can have it all together just making adjustments and i think that that's been very helpful for for me because i uh, obviously if anyone hasn't caught on I love sweets <laughs> yeah so I'm Me always too. looking at how to make oh. those fit in my life yeah I see that and I think it boils down to what's empowering to help you with that process is you've got an education on food right it came in a different way in the form of macros but you got to understand how those foods influence your body the value of them when you need them and it's given you like empowerment to be able to ditch the macros because you've got the education and to be able to eat in everyday life without having to count and just kind of knowing what you're consuming it's consciousness conscious consuming yeah yeah Yeah, just having that awareness now of you know what's on my plate (laughs) what it means for my body what it means for 
you know, my workouts, if, if I'm fueling myself, yeah. those kind of things. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah like, you know what you're getting, you know what you need and you're, and you're fulfilling those needs with a bit of fun in there too. Yeah. The maximal amount of fun that I can fit. <laughs> I got to get the most of the fun to get in. And oh, couldn't agree more. You got to have fun. Like it's totally okay to wait for pleasure as well. That's what people forget. Like it's okay. You're not a robot. It's okay to wait for pleasure if you wish. Yeah. <laughs> Just do it mindfully, everyone. <laughs> I, I, I'm looking forward to eating my, my ice cream more mindfully and putting my okay. spoon down. This is just fascinating. Okay. I'm going to be thinking about this for a while. I feel like you're going to feel like you've had two bowls of ice cream by the time you get through one because you're just going to spend such a great time having an ice cream date and romancing your ice cream. It's going to be great. Just make it last. (laughs) And I think that's that's an important part is making it last because I had gotten a bad habit because they make these different kinds of ice creams that have like more protein and less sugar. So Mm. I get used to like different times when I was tracking or doing certain things, I could eat a whole pint, a whole little carton of it. And it would be like 250 calories. That would be it. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. And, you know, you do that, but then you turn around and you get a little thing of Ben and Jerry's and it's 1300, (laughs) but you're like, I got to eat part of this. Yeah. (laughs) The whole thing. Yeah, you know, it it was good to have a low calorie ice cream, but now it's trained your brain that if you don't eat the whole container, you're not getting something. Yeah, that's where like healthy food can really stuff people up sometimes because they're like, oh my God, this is healthy. I can eat as much as I want. And then suddenly they get into these routines of not listening to their body, their hunger cues, their fullness cues. They've forgotten how to connect with their body when they're eating. And then, you know, maybe they fall, I don't like the term, but off the rails. And then they're going back to the Ben and Jerry's over the low-cal ice cream. And they just don't they don't have the foundations of mindful eating in place and they can't stop. And then they're eating like another thousand calories than they would have previously because it's a behavior-based approach. Yeah. Even if it's low calorie, like, I mean, I was eating it as a meal and I was like really full. That's a lot of ice cream. Exactly. So it's just like using the, yeah, it's losing the mindful eating. That's what happens with sometimes the, the healthy food. You forget to listen to yourself and we're so chatty on the inside. (laughs) <laughs> very true that is adventures in ice cream today so I mean so much you can learn from ice cream <laughs> so much, so much. <laughs> well thank you for your time today and sharing all these amazing tips and you know i i know that people are gonna reach out and want to be a part of this program because it sounds you know it sounds really fantastic to be able to be healthy in a sustainable you know just a doable real life way yeah Let's let's make it sexy for 365 leaners in health. We're just going to keep going with that message and I'd love to hear from anyone. Even if you need help, just feel free to reach out. Um, I love questions because if you've got a question, someone else has probably got it too. So you're helping by bringing that to the light. That's absolutely true. And also we're going to make it happen. You know, hashtag sexy small steps. I don't know. Yeah. Oh, yeah. All right. I'm going to write that one down. Sexy small steps. I like it. <laughs> I love it. You've been great, Lisa. <laughs> well, thank you so much, Melissa. And 
for everyone listening, whatever, if it, you know, if it resonated with you, please check out the show notes and reach out to Melissa and, you know, get started on your journey of, you know, health every day in an enjoyable and sustainable way. And just get out there and live more vibrantly.